This is Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg on WHMP. And we are back. Thank you for joining us. Um, Bill, our next guest, who is um, regional manager Megan LeMay of the Alzheimer's Association, um, I'm really anxious to talk to her for a variety of reasons. But our daughter um, married a wonderful guy, Mr. Perfect, we call him, Dr. Perfect Nick. And Nick's parents uh, created an art gallery, became experts in 19th century art, and built from nothing a wonderful Upper East Side gallery. They travel all over Europe. The researcher who, who looked into particular pieces and found out all about their history and put it together in a brochure and sent it out to collectors was Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was maybe not only one of the most compelling personalities, but one of the most compelling intellects and memories that I've met in my entire life. And she's now in her mid-80s. And um, at first it was just the onset of dementia. And now she is painfully aware of dementia sort of ravaging her ability to function cognitively. Um, you must have experiences like that, Bill. I have had family members with that, yes. It's really painful. It's really painful. Um, it's really painful. I, I remember my mom near the end of her life saying, well, but I, rem- I remember the important things. And she did. She did. Um, and her death was a just one of the most momentously sad events for me, but something I take solace in is she was a person whose thinking and intellect and reading and conversing, having conversations and uh, being engaged was so very important to her. And I guess one blessing of the fact that she died uh, from cancer was that she didn't have to fully experience what it would have been like for her to really lose almost all or all of her memory and her ability to function in ways that were so important in her life. It's, it's, this is a re- really, really serious, difficult disease and topic, and something like, what, one-third of the people in the United States are going to suffer from this? Do I have that number about right? Well, we'll find out from Megan LeMay, who's the regional manager of the Alzheimer's Association. Hello, Megan. Hi, thank you so much for having me. And yes, that is correct that one in three uh, seniors will will have some kind of dementia when they pass away. So it is very common in the population. And we are considering it at this point a public health crisis because of the just numbers of people um, it's affecting now. And the number is actually expected to grow double in the next 25 years. Um, and that's just because the population is aging and we don't have any type of, at this point, prevention, treatment, or cure for this disease. Megan, what is the difference between dementia and Alzheimer's? So dementia is just the general term, the umbrella term. So both terms are correct. Dementia is just the general term that describes the set of symptoms of changes in thinking, behavior, memory loss. And then Alzheimer's disease is a specific type of dementia. So Alzheimer's is just the most common in the population. That's why we hear the most about Alzheimer's disease, because it's just the most common type of dementia. But we serve people with all different types of dementia. So you may have heard of other types of dementia, like frontotemporal dementia, vascular dementia, Lewy body dementia. So those all fall under the dementia umbrella as well. And when you say the Alzheimer's Association serves 
all people with all those various types types of dementia. Uh, what kind of services does the association offer? Yeah, so our main goal is to provide uh, care and support through things like education programs, educating families and caregivers and individuals living with dementia. And then <clears throat> also our 24-7 helpline is just a great resource uh, for families who are going through this. So anyone can call our helpline um, with any question, big or small, with, with anything related to dementia at all, if, or if someone is just concerned about their own memory and they're not sure who to ask or they're kind of nervous about it, you're welcome to call our 24-7 helpline and get some information about the warning signs of dementia and some specific suggestions around what you, what you should do. And we can also provide families with free uh, care consultations once they've been diagnosed or, or with what to do in a specific caregiving situation. Do you recommend testing for people who have issues or thoughts or concerns about their memory? some kind of neurological yeah. test? Is that part of what you suggest or no? Yes, we definitely uh, refer people and recommend that people get a full diagnostic workup to figure out what is causing those symptoms because sometimes it could be something else. So, for example, someone might be having struggling with some, some new memory loss issues, and it could be, for example, an issue with your thyroid that has nothing to do with dementia or Alzheimer's, um, and that could be fully treated with the right medication. So we need people to go get a full workup, get, go to a diagnostic clinic um, in the area or a neurologist who specializes in diagnosing dementia um, and figure out what's going on, you know, what's causing those symptoms. Because, again, it could be something else or it could be Alzheimer's or another form of dementia, and we want people to get an early diagnosis for that as well. Well, tell us why, because I believe that people, many people, who are concerned about memory loss actually aggressively go for testing or consultations and professional assistance. But I would think there is a larger number of people who say, uh, I'm not going to worry about this until I really have to, and don't do anything proactively. And I'd appreciate your thoughts about that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, at the Alzheimer's Association, we, there was this assisted statistic that came out saying six out of 10 people would just ignore the symptoms if they saw them, which is very concerning. Um, we want people to get an early diagnosis. And I think part of that speaks to just the stigma around this disease. You know, people are still very nervous about it. Um, they're concerned about getting labeled with a diagnosis like this. And we want to, so a, a big part of what we want to do is just eliminate that stigma around this disease and just remind people that it affects millions of people and it's very common in the population and we need to support each other and not, not kind of run away from it. Um, but the other, you know, there's many benefits to an early diagnosis and part of it is just helping you understand the disease, getting connected to the best resources, supports, starting medications that actually could make a difference and improve your memory um, earlier on. And the other big um, piece is that with these new drugs that are coming out, so as, as you probably saw just a couple weeks ago, the FDA approved a brand new drug for Alzheimer's called uh, Lacanamab, um, which was then rebranded as Lakimbi. And this drug, it's, it's exciting in that it's a new type of drug that targets the amyloid plaques in the brain associated with Alzheimer's. 
But the only people who can take this drug, it's only for people in the very early stages of Alzheimer's or with mild cognitive impairment. So if someone is already has progressed to the middle stages or late stages of Alzheimer's, they can't take these types of drugs. So this brand new drug, as well as other drugs that are probably going to be coming out in the next year or two that are in the pipeline, that are in clinical trials that are looking really promising, um, are going to be for people who, like I said, are very early stage, um, very mild Alzheimer's, um, and that's who these drugs are going to make a difference for. So again, it's just more motivation to get an early diagnosis. We are talking with regional manager of the Alzheimer's Association, Megan LeMay. I have two questions. First, could you tell us what region you manage? (laughs) And secondly, (laughs) tell people how to get in touch with you. Yes, absolutely. So I manage all of Western Mass, so all four counties of Western Mass, including the Berkshires. Um, And we, like I said, have lots of different um, programs and services. So we definitely recommend that people reach out to us, give us a call. Um, and so our 24-7 helpline, I'm going to give out that number because that's how you can really reach all of our services from there, is 800-272-3900. That's 800-272-3900. If, and, I, call, if I call that number, can I get a consultation or some direction at, yeah. when I call? And I was to say, I'm having, I think I'm having memory issues. Can you refer me to a neurologist or tell me who to ask uh, to see how I can get tested and where I can get tested? Does that happen on that or with that phone call if that's what I want? Yep. Yep, exactly. Yep. That's one of the many things they can do. And our our helpline is staffed uh, with professionals in the field 24-7. So it, it really is a great resource. And, you know, you can ask any question, like I mentioned, like the question you just said, um, or anything if you're struggling as a caregiver if someone is exhibiting some kind of different or challenging behavior because of their dementia you know it's just a great resource to call and get some specific help um, ideas Um, and you can get help on the spot in the moment or you can also call and schedule a more in-depth consultation you know if you want to schedule it for next week or something have it on your calendar for an hour long Um, consultation, we welcome that as well. And what's also great we can do on the helpline is um, we can get a whole family together. So we'll set up a Zoom call and say maybe all three siblings want to get on a care consultation to talk about their parent who's living with dementia and they're not sure what to do. Um, You know, we can set up a Zoom call and be the neutral third party, just providing that education and support to those siblings and helping them figure out and providing a care plan for them to figure out what to do next. Um, And because, you know, as we know, the medical professionals just often don't have the time to spend with families. You know, they're not going to spend an hour sitting with sitting with someone to talk through this diagnosis. Um, But we are happy to spend an hour or two hours, you know, talking to a family and and walking them through this and and how they can get the best support. And Megan LeMay, in case somebody's listening in the car and they can't write down the helpline number, which is 800-272-3900, is there a website they can go to that that they could remember when they get home? Yes. (laughs) It's very simple. It's just alz.org, alz.org. Or you can just um, Google Alzheimer's Association. And then it'll bring you right to our phone number, too. I'm particularly interested, I, I, by way of disclosure, um, 
I was told two days ago by Dave Fessenden, Dave Fessenden's wife, um, a vibrant person, a potter, a ceramicist, I should say, uh, she came down with Alzheimer's. She's suffering from dementia. David is now a full-time caregiver. He came on this show. We brought you on last year to talk about the services which your association was provided for him and his wife. And Dave really wanted to focus on what you do, not just for the people that are suffering from a form of dementia, but for the family and to help the family understand how best to help those that they love who are suffering from this disease. So um, you do a lot for family care, and you just mentioned that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's where we can really make such a big difference, too, because it can help so much when a family, when you just get this diagnosis and you're just overwhelmed or you're really in the thick of caregiving and you just are feeling overwhelmed, like you're the only person in the world dealing with this, um, we can come in and just really provide that support to the family members to the caregivers um, and provide the education, support groups, um, just the emotional support over our helpline. You know, caregivers can call anytime when they just need to talk to someone who, who just understands, you know, without them having to, um, you know, go into detail. We, you know, we get it. So we can provide that emotional support anytime as well. And just speaking of that, we do have our, I do want to mention our um, conference. We have a, big free educational conference coming up this Friday and Saturday. It's all on Zoom. So it's all, you just, you know, log in online um, or you can even call in with your phone if you want um, and listen into our conference Friday and Saturday. And that's just going to be a great opportunity to le- just learn so much more about the disease. We're going to go in depth into a lot of different topics. Um, and I think and- we're going to go in depth about the conference. It's the New England Family <laughs> Conference uh, February 3rd and 4th, and we're going to talk all about that after the break. We're talking with Regional Manager Megan LeMay of the Alzheimer's Association. We'll be back right after these messages. Do stay with us. Listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg. It's your home for the resistance. Tom Hartman, weekdays at noon. Get informed and get involved. I'm Tom Hartman from the Tom Hartman Program. Intelligent talk, opinion, and debate. Join me every weekday, noon to three, right here on WHMP. 1015, 1400, and 1240. WHMP. Most of us participate in sports like the weekly golf game, tennis match, trail run, or ski outing. Whether you're a high school, collegiate, or professional athlete, or weekend warrior, the same rules apply. Follow an exercise regimen that will help you build a strong foundation and prevent injury in the first place. I'm Dr. Connor Ziegler, sports medicine specialist and board-certified orthopedic surgeon at New England Orthopedic Surgeons. Sports medicine is my passion, and my surgical specialty involves arthroscopic and open procedures of the shoulder, elbow, hip, and knee. 
One of the most common injuries I treat are anterior cruciate ligament or ACL tears, which typically occur from non-contact twisting injuries in a variety of sports. Not infrequently, ACL tears occur with injury to other structures as well. At New England Orthopedic Surgeons, we offer comprehensive management of your condition no matter the severity. But if you find that you've experienced an injury, my surgical team is dedicated to providing outstanding care to help you recover and get you back in the game. For more information, visit neortho.com. What if there were a way to go into cancer surgery or treatment feeling more comfortable and optimistic? Recorded meditations can help. Doctors have said that it makes their job simpler. Nurses tell us their patients may go home sooner and need less pain medication. Cancer Connection creates custom meditations for people affected by cancer, and you don't even have to come in. Go to cancer-connection.org to learn more or donate today. Cancer Connection relies on local donations to make its services free of charge. You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg. And we are back, and we are talking to Regional Manager of the Alzheimer's Association, Megan LeMay, and we're going to talk about the New England Family Conference, which is happening Friday and Saturday, and give you more information about that. But I just wanted to ask you, as a follow-up, when we were on break just now, I was talking to you and Bill and saying, I am 72 years of age, and there's times I can't recall... Sometimes it's a name, sometimes it's a, uh, a movie that I just saw or a book that I just read. I can't remember the title. And, and um, so I wonder whether or not I should be tested at 72 because I'm starting to lose some of my memory. Because what Buzz really intended to say, he was 72 years, not of age, but 72 years old. Oh, and that's the word. We, the O word we didn't want, want to word. say. Okay, got it. Wait, Bill, this is the FCC. We're going to get thrown off the air for you <laughs> swear words. No, Megan, seriously, when do, we, when do we know if we should get tested? Yeah, so I just want to let people know that. So a lot of that does sound like normal aging. So we do want to distinguish from dementia and normal aging. Dementia is not a part of normal aging. Most people, you know, their brains will lose some of their agility naturally, um, you know, your brain loses some of its agility, just like your body does as you age, and that is normal. So that's not necessarily a sign of dementia. Um, and what you were describing, you know, just from forgetting someone's name or something, that sounds like pretty typical aging. Um, but the difference is when we would start to want to be more concerned is, say, you're forgetting, you know, not where your keys are, but what the purpose of your keys are or what is a key. Um, so that's kind of the difference there. It is a different kind of forgetting. Um, so I would recommend people, we have a nice comprehensive um, 10 early warning signs on our website. So that's just a great quick resource to look through if you're thinking about your own memory um, or someone of a loved one. Um, to look through our 10 early warning signs and kind of read through that because uh, it does kind of explain the differences between what could just be normal aging or what could start to be an early warning sign. It's such an important thing to to keep in mind. Um, so I want to hear about this New England Family Conference that's happening. What I've read on your website is that Friday is going to, the focus will be on individuals who are living with dementia, and Saturday will be focused on family caregivers, right? Yes, that's right. So this Friday and Saturday, and it's all virtual, so all on Zoom, so you can tune in from anywhere. Um, and even if you can't make it this Friday or Saturday, you can still call and register 
Um, and then we'll send you the recordings after. So that's a great option, too, if you can't actually attend Friday and Saturday. Um, so Friday, we're going to have multiple sessions geared for people living with dementia. So we're going to open with a panel of you'll be able to hear directly from individuals living with dementia, talking about their own experiences, how it's affected them, um, how what the diagnostic process was like, how it how the experience was telling friends and family about the diagnosis. So that's going to be a really powerful panel on Friday morning at 930. And then from there, we're going to have an expert talking about um, tips and strategies for living well with cognitive challenges. So kind of how to navigate in the day-to-day once you do have a diagnosis. We're also going to have um, a session later on Friday on expressive therapy and using things like art and different forms of artistic expression um, to kind of ease the stress and anxiety that comes with that can come with dementia. That's going to be a great session. We're also going to have a session that's specifically presented in Spanish on Friday for anyone um, who's looking for some, some Spanish language um, programming. We're also going to be actually live translating the entire uh, conference into Spanish. So that's the first time we'll be offering that. So that's ex- an exciting um, opportunity for people. It is exciting. Then, yeah. It's, it's such a great uh, service to pr- provide. Yes. And then so Saturday, like you mentioned, is really dedicated um, more towards caregivers. So anyone, um, family members, friends, anyone who has someone they know who's living with Alzheimer's or dementia, um, we're going to have a panel of caregivers and then we're going to have a session on the topic of reducing hesitancy to care. So that'll be a really interesting session um, because that's something, you know, we get asked a lot of, you know, how how do I kind of respond to my loved one who's kind of just doesn't want to, doesn't want to acknowledge their diagnosis, doesn't want to talk about it. How do I approach care at that point? So that'll be a great session Saturday. Um, And then there's also going to be a session on how to create a healthy and safe environment, you know, whether in your home or somewhere else for someone living with dementia. So just some great, uh, great sessions for caregivers Saturday. And it's also, of course, open to any professionals who work in the field or anyone who's just interested in learning more about Alzheimer's and dementia. You know, it's really worth registering for this conference um, for anyone. So Regional Manager Megan LeMay, how do people register for the conference? So you can go to, uh, we have, well, you can always go um, to our general website, but we have a website specifically for the conference, which is alzfamilyconference.org, alzfamilyconference.org, and register there. Or you can just call our um, 800 number. That's 800-272-3900, 800-272-3900, and say you want to register for our uh, New England Family Conference this Friday and Saturday. And uh, it's free, open to anyone. And like I said, even if you can't make it, we'll be sending for everyone who's registered. You, we can uh, send out you the recordings from all the sessions, so you can then watch them later too. So that's a great option for people. That is a great option. In the minute that we have left, how does the Alzheimer's Association? Who funds it? How does it operate financially? Yeah, so we're completely a nonprofit, private organization, um, funded 100% through just fundraising and donations. So uh, our biggest fundraiser is in September, which is our Walk to End Alzheimer's in Holyoke. 
Um, but then we're always, you know, doing fundraisers throughout the year and accept, accepting donations throughout the year. And I assume if people go to ALZ.org, there is a donate button that people can activate, correct? Yes, absolutely. And I think registration is going to be opening soon for our walk in September, too. So it's never too early to register for our walk. Um, and, and we hope to see a lot of people out at our walk in, in September as well. Well, Megan LeMay, thank you so much for not only being here on the show with us today, but also for all that you do. Uh, dementia touches so many of our lives and never in a good way. And we're really grateful to the association for the work that you do. So thank you. Great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Okay. We're going to be back with some wonderful music right after these messages. Stay with us. This is Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg on WHMP. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. A 27-year-old Northampton man found dead in Chesterfield more than a month ago died from multiple gunshot wounds to the head and torso, along with multiple blunt force injuries, according to a copy of the death certificate obtained by the Gazette on Tuesday. Jonathan Latondra's death is listed as a homicide on the certificate issued by the Office of the Chief Medical Examiner in Boston. Latondra was a Northampton resident who worked as a general manager at a Dunkin' Donuts location. He was killed on December 26 near South Street in Chesterfield. A Northwestern District Attorney's Office spokesperson confirmed the circumstances of Latondra's death remains under investigation and that no charges have been filed in the case. Northampton is launching a new Climate Action Department. Mayor Gina Louise Shera made the announcement at a joint meeting with the City Council and School Committee last night. Shera says the department, with careful planned use of the Climate Change Mitigation Stabilization Funds, will guide the city's efforts to realize the goals outlined in the Sustainable Northampton Comprehensive Plan. The order must still be approved by City Council in order to be officially created. Shera also provided an update of the financial condition of Northampton going into the 2024 fiscal year. A tractor-trailer caught fire on 261 Elm Street in Holyoke this morning. The fire was quickly put out with minimal damage to the vehicles that were parked next to it. The cause of the fire is being investigated by Holyoke Fire and Police Department and the Massachusetts State Police. Partly to mostly sunny today, a little breezy with a high of only 28 to 32. Scattered clouds tonight, evening temperatures in the 20s, overnight lows of 12 to 18. Sun cloud mix tomorrow, a little warmer with a high of 34 to 38. Then the big chill comes in for Friday, mostly sunny highs in the low 20s. I'm 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Brian Lapis, 101.5 WHMP. Why do the same old thing to celebrate Valentine's Day? Kelsey Flynn here inviting you to join me, Tara Brewster, and the one and only Monty Belmonte, East Hampton Mayor Nicole LaChapelle, DA Dave Sullivan, and Zara Bodie from the Sweetback Sisters to the Big Love Little Performances Benefit for CHD's Big Brothers Big Sisters of Hampshire County. This lip sync karaoke contest has everything to woo your Valentine or make it a Galentine's Day. Buy tickets or enter to perform at runreg.com 
forward slash Big Love Little Performances. It's all happening on Thursday, February 9th at the Boylston Rooms in East Hampton. Be there and share the love for Big Brothers Big Sisters of Hampshire County. Check it out on Facebook. If you're thinking about buying a used Hyundai or Kia, consider this. You may have trouble getting insurance. CNN reports State Farm and Progressive have quietly decided they will no longer issue policies for some 2015 through 2019 Kia and Hyundai models. The reason? They're too easy to steal. Would you drive out of your way to patronize a certain gas station? Many consumers would. In a survey, Payless Power found consumers are willing to drive extra miles to buy gas at Costco, Bucky's, Sam's Club, Wawa, and Sheets. If you're over the age of 50 and struggling to maintain a healthy weight, a new study suggests an unhealthy relationship with certain food could be a contributing factor. Researchers at the University of Michigan found that 13% of people age 50 to 80 showed signs of addiction to high-calorie food. I'm Mark Huffman. Learn more at ConsumerAffairs.com. You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman. And, and we're back. Thank you for joining us. Um, I think I have the best job in the world. I get to be here in the studio with sometimes incredibly uh, interesting people like the historian who was on earlier or the person working with dementia who was just on and sometimes with incredibly talented people like we have in the studio right now. There's about 300 of them sitting here in the <laughs> studio. Um, and uh, well, let me first speak with you, Sophie Michaud. Hello. Thank you for having us. Oh, and who is us? Uh, us. We are Kulomba. Uh, Kulomba. Kulomba. Kulomba means dove in the Corsican language. Uh, Corsica is a small island off of the French coast in the Mediterranean. And... We started singing together, um, singing Corsican music, and then we just developed all kinds of uh, taste for other styles of music. So we sing a lot of different, what we call world polyphony, even though um, there must be a better word out there, but that's that's what we... I don't that's know, polyphony do. sounds pretty good to me. It's, uh, <laughs> so it's the world Polyphony poly is legal, right? It's, it's, we don't go to uh, only jail. in some whatever, states. Only in some states. Is, we're not going to jail for it. That's all I want to know. Okay, fine. Great. Very good. <laughs> okay. Yes, and uh, we're going to commit uh, a polyphony right here today, I yes, believe. absolutely. But, heard it here um, first. <laughs> yes, and that was the voice of Lysander Jaffe. So you are the world polyphony vocal ensemble Kulumba. So tell me why Lysander, why did you get involved in singing with these folks and the type of music that you sing? We really started singing together socially and thought it would be really fun to bring together our different musical interests. Um, some of us come from early music, like Baroque and Renaissance music backgrounds. Some of us come from more American folk, American shape note backgrounds. Um, my specialty is in music of the Balkans and the Mediterranean. So just the more we got together to sing, the more we wanted to make this a regular thing, and that's how we started performing as an ensemble. So, Sophie, who chooses your music? Is this a collaborative thing? It's a collaborative effort. Um, it's really exciting, just as Lysander said, that we all have different, um, different tastes and specialties, and so we kind of throw ideas and see what works with, with us. We have to adapt it to the five, uh, sometimes six of us, but... Um, but yeah, mostly it's a collaborative effort. 
Do you actually read charts? Do you actually write these harmonies and things? Yeah, sometimes we have all different notation systems that we use depending on the style, from staff notation to squiggly lines to <laughs> shape note notation where the actual note heads are shapes. And we also make our own arrangements, sometimes just on the, off the cuff, and many of us also compose and arrange our own arrangements as well. And which polyphoner are you? What's your name? My name's Adam Simon. Um, I guess I feel weird saying specialty, but I, I tend to focus on American sacred harp and shape note style music. I also write a fair amount of new arrangements. Um, we're not singing any of mine today. You'll have to come to Hiddenville this Saturday to hear two of mine at 7 p.m. Well done. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. Yes, it's the Haydenville Congregational Church um, this Saturday. And as I understand it, from 4.30 to 6 o'clock is singing lessons. Yes, which exactly. many of us a could workshop, benefit. Yeah, an open a workshop, yeah. All levels of ability, no music reading required. Um, we're going to do an hour and a half workshop before the concert while we're te- we'll teach you a couple songs. Yeah. And, yeah. Then it, and then at 7 o'clock is the concert itself. Yeah. yeah. Are all of you from Haydenville? No. Um, we have a native Conwegian here. Conwegian. Lysander's from Conway. Yeah, I grew up in Conway. Sophie and Adam moved to Conway recently, and Lexi and Daniel live in Cambridge or Arlington. Wow, somewhere far east. We don't really pay <laughs> yeah, much we attention don't know what to goes them. On over yeah. there. <laughs> I am just, so. How did you? I don't know who to address this to. I guess I'll start with you, Sophie. How did you get interested in this eclectic kind of music, and where do you find it? <clears throat> Great question. Yeah, um, we have all had. Uh, Experience singing with uh, Village Harmony and Larry Gordon in particular. If that name rings a bell, it's mm-hmm. because he's kind of a legend in this uh, world that we have. He introduced us to um, a lot of these different styles at different times of our lives. Um, for me in particular, um, I joined a little bit later uh, working with, with this song leader. Um, but for me, um, he introduced me to the sound of the Balkans, sound of the Republic of Georgia, Corsica, some music from South Africa as well. But what he also loved was early music, which is in some ways my specialty, if you will. And um, he put all these different styles together. And what I loved was how all these different styles um, really glowed in contrast with each other. And um, Larry Gordon had no hesitation of putting early music next to uh, a shape note song, next to a Corsican pagella. And um, so that's how we got into each got into singing this um, style. And the way we find it is um, some of some of it is through um, traveling, for example. Maybe the best person to talk about this would be Lysander, who's traveled to Greece and all kinds of beautiful places. And I want to hear from Lysander in that regard, but I, I, I've heard Village Harmony has performed in Ashfield at our congregational church twice I've heard it. I didn't know when I invited you on the show that you were part of that beautiful concert, which I twice heard in Ashfield. So thank you for that. Lysander, just to follow up on what Sophie was just throwing to you. Yeah, um, a lot of these songs we've learned directly from tradition bearers of this music, um, either in the countries where they live um, or um, if they've come over here. You've learned about the Balkan music in the Balkans? In, In my case, yes. And yeah, to varying degrees with different people in the group. Um, we've done a lot of traveling to, to study these, the specific things we're all most interested in. And Adam, American music, you said. Well, yeah, I, I just, it just, 
again, I'm, I'm really no specialist, but I just write, I, I write songs vaguely in the style of Sacred Harp, Shape Note, American Hymnody sort what of thing. What does things. that mean, Shape Note? Um, well, it, it's, it's a very bad, uh, a, a non-specific term for just kind of American uh, hymnody, 19th century and later, where they would tr- often use these little shapes to, to put the note heads um, as a sort of solfege sight reading tool. Oh, just like um, a notation thing. Yeah, it's a notation system, shape note music. Um, growing up, the the movie that brought it to my generation's attention was Cold Mountain, um, if anyone remembers that movie. Oh, yeah. Way back, uh, Tim Erickson directed music for that, um, and uh, that was maybe, uh, I, I believe, the first time I ever heard that music, but I was happily reintroduced to it for, uh, through Larry Gordon, through Village Harmony, um, after, just after that. So, yeah, so I write songs vaguely in the style of those, of those, uh, of those traditions. There's a lot of traditions in, in, in those books and in, the, in that hymn tradition. Um, and, yeah. And is, is Shape Notes a New England phenomenon, or is it something that's in Appalachia as well? I, I, don't, I don't know where the, where the actual Shape Notes system like the actual who thought of writing the note, the, the shapes. I actually don't know who thought of that. Does anyone know where that came from specifically? No. <clears throat> um, singing tradition. The singing tradition yeah. itself. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's an important distinction between the, the written shape notes and then the actual singing tradition, which don't necessarily have anything to do with each other. The early shape notes, American books were not actually, uh, the, the earliest books were not written in shapes. The, the shapes were added later. So anyway. But that started in New England. Yeah, then New, New England. Traveled to the, to the south and then... In the '70s, kind of brought back. Um, it's it's had a revi- revitalization in, in New England, and then it's also spread. Sacred harp, particularly sacred harp singing, is spread all over all over the world. Really, I'm really looking forward to exploiting you folks. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take a break, and we're going to hear. It. So the concert, um, it, it's this February 4th is this Saturday, and from 4:30 to 6 o'clock is what? Is a singing workshop. So one of the best ways to. Um, to explore this music is to sing it for yourself. And um, it's we're really excited to, to share these different uh, vocal vocabularies. Everyone, uh, all these songs will be taught by ear. So we'll be teaching a song from Corsica um, that has a very improvised uh, a tradition. We'll, we'll be singing a song, an original song of Adams, I believe, and, um, and a song from the Balkans, and maybe if we have time, a song from the Republic of Georgia. So everyone is welcome, no matter what your level is, no matter if it's okay if you haven't sung since high school, just come and sing. All ages, all levels, everyone's welcome. We'd love to sing and share this music with you. Haydenville Congregational Church, the workshop is 4.30 to 6, the concert is 7 o'clock. We're going to get a taste right after these messages. Do stay with us. Sei la namorata, a mio ricca di statura. More Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg coming up right here on WHMP. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. We have a very unique and lethal combination of emboldened white supremacy in this country and unfettered access to guns. 
we need to keep talking about the intersection of white supremacy and guns. Guns are used in order to, you know, elicit fear and power and control uh, by white supremacists. And it's not an issue that's going away easily. 1015, 1400, and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. Hello, this is Linda DeGillis, Vice President and Trust Officer at Greenfield Savings Bank Wealth Management and Trust Services. Many of our customers are surviving spouses who have found themselves suddenly in charge of their household's financial savings and investments, which had previously been handled exclusively by their late spouse. A number of our female customers have told us that one of the reasons they moved their accounts to GSB Wealth Management and Trust Services was because they felt patronized or talked down to by their spouse's financial advisor. At GSB Wealth Management and Trust Services, our team of professionals will always treat you with respect and compassion. If you are looking for portfolio management, estate settlement services, or trust services, please call us, Greenfield Savings Bank Wealth Management and Trust Services at 413 775 8335. That's 413-775-8335. Or stop into any GSB office or contact us online through the wealth management section at greenfieldsavings.com. Thank you. It happens all over Massachusetts. In every home and every community. Be careful in your bike. Learning can happen anytime, anywhere. And no matter how learning takes place in your family's life, DESE is there as your partner. The Massachusetts Department of Elementary and Secondary Education. Never stop learning. Find out more at mass.gov slash back to school. Sponsored by the Massachusetts Department for Elementary and Secondary Education. Are you organized, detail-oriented, responsible, fun-loving, and a team player? The Northampton Radio Group is looking for you. We've currently got an opening for a part-time office assistant. The job is right out front, so you have to like people. A knowledge of Microsoft Office is essential, and a sense of humor is a must. Send your resume and cover letter to Office Position, Northampton Radio Group, 15 Hampton Avenue, Northampton, Mass., 01060. Or email jobs at whmp.com. Saga Communications is an equal opportunity employer. Does your partner threaten or isolate you? Do they control where you go, who you talk to, or what choices you make? Are you afraid of what they might do? You have the right to a healthy and safe relationship. If you're experiencing abuse, emotional, verbal, physical, Safe Passage is here for you. It's all free and completely confidential. Call our helpline to explore your options and plan for safety. That's 413-586-5066, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit safepass.org today. You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg. We are back here in the studios of the World Polyphony Vocal Ensemble, Coulomba. And we are here with Sophie Michaud and Lysander Jaffe and uh, their friends. And uh, your concert is going to be this Saturday. Um, the concert is actually at 7 o'clock, but you're going to be doing a singing workshop at the Haydenville Congregational Church at 4.30 to 6 o'clock inviting everyone to attend and to give us a little taste. You agreed with the five of you here in studio to give us a taste of what we're going to hear on Saturday. That's right. This is a song, this is an, one of our early music selections. It's a fun song about singing together, eating delicious food, ham, and drinking, and just being with friends. This is Tourdion. Quand je bois du vin clairé, ami d'entendre tout nous tout nous tout tourne. Voici dix ans, mais je bois en joue ou à boire. 
Quand je vois l'île éclairée, un milieu tourne, tourne, tourne. Aussi des arbres je vois en joue un roi. Chante aux éléphants, sauve la comtesse ou la guerre. Chante aux éléphants, les amis du vont bien. Chante aux éléphants, sauve la comtesse ou la guerre. Chante aux éléphants, les amis du vont bien. died and gone to heaven. That's unbelievable. I wanted to ask you, Lexi, you go low. Yes, like you go low, I go high. There we go. You go low. So how did you guys get together? You're so beautiful. You're so tight. It's really just unbelievable. Thank you so much. We first met way back in 2014. And we, um, all four of us, except for Daniel, who is our most recent member as of um, as of last summer, as of August. I'm the Hugo Low of Hugo Low. <laughs> <laughs> Our low base, um, which we are thrilled to have. Um, we, we met all in uh, 2014 on a Northern Harmony tour, which is um, of the umbrella organization of Village Harmony under Larry Gordon. And, um, and he brought us all to Europe. And we toured for two and a half months together and got to be close friends and um, colleagues and uh, have not stopped singing since. And you just got, you, you're, you sound like one, it's unbelievable how tight you really are. You must spend a lot of time practicing this. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, that's what we like to hear. <laughs> that's what we like. <laughs> you know, a lot of musicians, I'm, I'm sort of a, a jazz, eh, my wife says jazz snob. I'm kind of a jazz snob, although what I just heard is, on a scale of one to ten, it's an eleven for me. <laughs> but um, a lot of what musicians who I love do is they express themselves, their passions, their um, frustrations through their music, sometimes through their instrument. When you're working on a piece like what you just did, is it an expressive thing of what you're feeling? Do you sing? Why do you sing? That's my real question. Why do you sing? Wow. Um... I ask, I, I renew that th 
thought and that question in my mind uh, all the time. Um, I think I sing because sometimes I think that my words are not um, good enough to express a lot of a lot of whatever feelings there are, um, even of joy, of you know, of course of sadness, but. Um, and just singing and music just has this just incredible energy that feels like to me it connects with um, in some some way a more animal part of my <laughs> being. I don't quite know how to describe it, but um, it feels like in, in a lot of ways it turns my ear and my body on and my uh, my my soul on. And then I have to and then just singing. I feel like sometimes it feels like an out of body experience. It's very much just brings you to this incredible, beautiful world that. Um, in sometimes is even better than our than our actual world. <laughs> mm, Lysander Jaffe, do you have anything to add to that? Or why do you sing? Yeah, I think just speaking to this music specifically, it's like so culturally specific, but there are also things you can latch on to, um, emotions that are transmitted through every different musical style differently, and it's just so fun to tap into that and to also strike a balance between like, being in the tradition and expressing something personal that's that's your own and like we're always trying to strike that balance that's something i think about a lot and it's really fun to like get to do that through many different stylistic vehicles like all in the same concert and that's part of what's really fun about this group and you mr you go low you go very low <laughs> you're married now are you, <laughs> are, are you folks like trained formally trained yeah, uh, all of us have some degree of training, be it, you know, lessons working with teachers in the traditions or just sing simply with our voices. I met Sophie, and I'm, I am the newest addition to the group fairly recently, but I met Sophie working in the early music sphere, and we're both uh, maybe overtrained, but we're, we're both <laughs> trained very deeply in that tradition. And, I, don't know, I don't know what early music sphere means. Uh, so kind of... Music before, I would say, 1800 generally would qualify. Uh, the line's a bit blurry, like all lines chronologically are, but we, we met doing that sort of music, and she asked me about this, and I told her that I had never done anything like it before, but if she was willing to bear with me as I learned it, you know, I would, I would give it my best. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. But, yeah, we all have our own kind of separate trainings, and one of the things that makes this group really special is that we all bring our own backgrounds to the table. And I'm wondering if you could do another song for us and give us another taste of what we'll experience on Saturday, uh, this coming Saturday from 4.30 to 6 at the Haydenville Congregational Church. We'll be singing workshops, and at seven, it doesn't matter how, doesn't matter if you sing like them or you sing like me. Uh, <laughs> they might throw me out if I come. And at 7 o'clock will be the concert and if you could, give us a taste of what we'll hear at 7 o'clock. Yes. So this, um, this song is a song from the Croatian Klapa singing tradition. Um, come to the workshop to learn more about that. <coughs> but uh, uh, this is Upoju se mala. Upoju se mala.
Just unbelievable. How do, do people buy tickets for this concert? Oh, yes, they have. Uh, we've, we've been saying a lot, especially of workshop and concert. And how combo. do people buy tickets for this Go concert? Go to kulomba.com. C-U-L-O-M-B-A. C-U-L-O-M-B-A dot, dot com. And Dan and Bill and Buzz can all say it will be worth the money for the mm-hmm. tickets. Haydenville Congregational Church this Saturday Concert is at 7, but there's a workshop for singers, 4.30 to 6 o'clock. Be there, be square. Thank you so much for joining us oh, today. Thanks for having us. Listeners, so thank you for joining us today. We'll be back tomorrow. listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg. Do you know what's happening this Friday at 9 a.m.? Is this week's Shop Friday Corsello Butcheria? Correct! They go on sale this Friday at 9 a.m. Corsello Butcheria, the Italian-style butcher shop in East Hampton. The inspiration is a small family-run butcher shop in Rome. The meat is from Northampton and the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield. Northampton Radio Group Station.